And we are live. JT here. Welcome to the huddle. The huddle is where I sit down with successful people from the world of sport and coaching. It's to learn more about their journey to greatness. Why do I have these conversations? Because success always leaves clues. I want to take a moment to thank you, whether you are watching on YouTube or on Facebook, or whether you're listening to the audio on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here with me and my special guest today. And here's my friendly reminder to you. The mind is like a parachute. It works best when it's wide open. So my challenge to you is to go all in on this conversation, to remove any distractions and get laser focused on the here and the now. And I guarantee you, you will gain a valuable nugget of wisdom that will not only help you succeed in sport, but more importantly, in the game of life. I've been looking forward to my conversation with my special guest today. Uh, before we went live, I was mentioning to him, I still remember the day we met uh, just probably about a year and a half ago. And I was mentioning to him, like, you know, there's just people that you come into in, into your lives and and you just meet them and there's a certain energy, there's enthusiasm, there's a certain fun, you know, about them. And, and that was definitely something I, I picked up on really early. Uh, my guest in the huddle today is the D-line coach with the Queen's University Gales. My guest in the huddle today is Reed Anderson. How are you today, brother? Good, JT. It's, uh, no, I'm happy to be here. It's been like when we kind of chatted, it's been a long time coming. So I'm I'm excited and looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, now, brother, before we get kicked off, pun intended, I want to take a moment to count my blessings. Uh, for me, it's a daily practice. There are days where I do it better than others, but I do find that the days I'm most consistent counting my blessings, those days are filled with a little more love, a little more joy, a little more peace. And I'm a firm believer the biggest blessing you can give anyone is your time and energy. So I just want to thank you again for blessing me with some of your time and energy today, brother. No, absolutely. That's uh, having watched and listened and getting to know you, that's love the outlook you have and you know, hopefully I I have some some wisdom to bring in some way, shape, or form. So <laughs> absolutely. So one of the things that I like to do in the huddle is to remind people and and myself included that life is a game and games are supposed to be fun. So I'm curious, what's an interesting fact about you that maybe a lot of people don't know that you would be open to sharing with our community today? Ooh. Um the one that I always go to with that is uh, <laughs> speak Swahili and it's gotten a little rusty over the years and um, goes back to my kind of teaching internationally. Um, but yeah, definitely speaking Swahili and Russian are two of those things that I can usually catch people off guard with some days when I hear a, a conversation in the supermarket or, you know, or just kind of out and kind of meet people and flip into Swahili. It's uh it's always kind of fun and an interesting icebreaker, I'll say, where somebody will be saying something kind of in a grocery store and you overhear them and it's kind of flipping a Swahili and, you know, the lady's kind of looks at me and is kind of just shocked and like, what? You 
you understood what I was talking about. It's like, well, one of those things that people don't necessarily think when they see me off uh, first glance. So that's for me, it's always kind of fun to have with people. So that would be my kind of one thing. Awesome. I, I love that. And, it, you know, it's a great reminder to, you know, never judge a book by its cover, and which I think it's a powerful reminder. So I'm curious, you know, you had the pleasure of, of teaching abroad for eight years. I'm curious, what was the biggest takeaway from that? Because not everyone is, is blessed to have this experience of not only traveling abroad, but then also being able to start your teaching career, you know, in a new country in places that aren't home per se. Yeah. Well, for me, when, when I was, the football career was kind of over and, you know, teaching, I still remember I was broken in Edmonton when I was finishing up football there. And I instantly just, I'd always wanted to travel, travel had always kind of been something that, that my mom and, and family did I was fortunate enough at a at a young age to go visit my aunt and uncle who were my uncle was working for the UN in uh Vietnam or sorry not Vietnam in Vienna Austria way off the map there um and my grandma took me as kind of a Christmas gift and it was kind of after that when I got to spend a day in in the international school in Vienna with with my cousin and I was like this is awesome and when football was done and I had my undergrad and my B ed, I was like, Hey, let's, let's go. Let's see what the world has. So I <clears throat> applied to every corner of the planet. There's you name the country. I probably sent a resume there at one point in time. And for me, that was always going to be an experience that let's go, let's do it. Let's see the world. Let's travel. Let's see what, what is out there see what what I can find and see what kind of memories I can make. So it was always always one of those things that I always hear kind of people talk, oh, I wish I could go travel. I wish I could do this. And I was like, let's go. Let's do it. Let's see what's out there. Mm. I love that. And, and, you know, what I really heard from you was, again, the, the power of you know, just changing up your environment, right? Even your physical environment, it's 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 so perspective shifting. And I know I'm preaching to the choir there, but I love how you also said, you know, that's one thing people often say, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could travel. When you sort of tapped into the Nike, just do it. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, you never know what experiences are out there, whether they're, you know, good, bad, ugly, but it was, well, let's take a risk. Let's go see what the world kind of has to offer. And being fortunate enough to kind of travel when I was younger and and through university, through various programs, it was like, oh, I can do this for real. And I can teach along the way, which is obviously one of my passions. And mm -hmm. let's take full advantage of it. Let's let's go explore. Let's go see what, what the world has to offer. Mm -hmm. I love that. Uh, so I'm curious. You know, sport has obviously played an important role for you in your life. Uh, first, you know, you were blessed to have the opportunity to be a U sport uh, athlete, right? A high quality athlete at two U sports. And then you had the opportunity to go pursue it at the professional level in the CFL. So I'm curious, you know, sport has obviously played an important role for you in your life. There are many lessons that 
you know, we've all taken away from it, but is there one lesson you've taken from sport that you still find yourself applying to other areas of your life today? Yeah, I think, you know, whenever we look at, at the lives that we live, it's, you know, life, it is a team sport and growing up playing hockey, playing football, playing anything that I could kind of get my hands on. It was always, I realize it now, I think looking back on it, that, you know, whatever we choose to do with our lives, people are going to be there. People are going to be influenced with it. And well, nobody gets there kind of on their own. Everybody has somebody throughout their life that they can always kind of, Oh, this person helped me out here. This person helped me out there. And life is a team sport. And I look back on kind of my journey, the people who helped me, whether it was for better, for worse, taking kind of every aspect of it. And you remember those people. And for me, part of wanting to, you know, where, where I'm at now in my life with, with the coaching and the teaching, I wanted to be that person that makes an impact on somebody's life for the better in in some way, shape or form. And for me, it's whether you're, you know, your, your team is your family or your coworkers or the guys you play on the field with, it it doesn't matter what kind of arena you're in. um, But it's, it's part of the game that is life. And I know you, you talk about that and, for me, that that's always kind of been a big one is, you know, who who can I entrust? Who can I put my faith in here to to be able to have a great experience in whatever it is that I do? Mm-hmm. And for me, kind of, you know, growing up playing team sports, that was always the thing that I think a lot of my my students and players, it's like life's a team game and you have to be ready and willing for that because that's the way the world works. That's the way the world operates, regardless if it's when I was in Kazakhstan it was okay. Well, these are the new people that I'm going to hang out with and I'm going to be around. So they're going to be my family. They're going to be my team and let's see where it takes us. Mm-hmm. When I was in Tanzania, it was kind of that same thing where, okay, well for the next two years, whether kind of by choice or, just everybody kind of thinking along the same lines. This is, this is what we're in. So let's, let's make the most of it. And I love that you share that and, and why it resonates with me is I find it interesting that, you know, the majority of our listeners, right. Come from high quality, you know, athletics, either as players or coaches. And it's really interesting how the ability to surround yourself with a strong and powerful team whether in sport, in the game of life, is is integral to success. And, and why that resonates with me is it requires you to have a certain level of calm and confidence in your own skin, right? Like this idea of like, if you're, if you're truly calm and confident in your own skin, then you have no problem surrounding yourself with other calm and confident people. So I'm curious for, from your perspective, do you think that ability to be a great teammate, do you think it is something that you either, you know, it's nature or nurture, or do you think it's just been sort of programmed into us by a ton of reps and sets, a lot of long car rides, a lot of arduous practices that, you know, sort of just 
I don't know. I'm curious your thoughts on that. I don't know. I, I think it actually comes down to the individual in some cases, but it's being okay with who you are and, and knowing that, you know, when I look at it from a coaching or teaching perspective, it's, well, you know, players I coach are insane. Well, I'm insane too. The, the students I teach, well, you know, it kind of takes a whole community of people and, you know, this, this is who I am. And it, you have to be comfortable, like you said, kind of in your own skin and be comfortable with who you are and, and always be willing to accept whatever challenge it is that, that you're facing. And whether it's small, big, somewhere kind of in between what, okay, what's the challenge going to be today? How do we take this on? How am I going to respond to this? And it's, uh, there was something I saw the other day and it's like, you know, it's 10 kind of 10% of what we say or do, but then it's all, how do we respond to whatever's kind of put in front of us? The other 90%. So, okay, well, we're going to get thrown a curveball every day. So how do we respond to that? How do we take that on? How do we grow and adapt from the curveball that we saw yesterday? What are we prepared for today? How do we manage kind of everything in the interim? And okay, how do we then reflect, look back? Oh, I, you know, I didn't handle this as well as I maybe should have. Ah, I can do better kind of tomorrow, whether it's teaching, coaching, and just in life. And it's, um, you know, we, we wake up and we have kind of two things being a chance or a choice kind of every day. So mm-hmm. two things, well, I have the choice to how am I going to get better today? And I'm going to have a chance to prove that. So kind of for me, it's putting value on those two things that I think has made me comfortable in my own skin and, and helped me to adapt kind of over time and whatever environment I've, I've been in. Mm. I love the words you're using. I'm I'm a big word guy. Uh, you know, I was mentioning to uh, Coach Kwame Osi of that because when we were when I had him on the huddle, we were talking about like the power of words, and I can yeah. tell talking to you, you know, same way, mm-hmm. right? The ability to respond, right? The ability of choices. So I'm curious, you know, you transitioned back here, you know, and and as anyone can appreciate, you know, we've had an interesting last few years, right? The world definitely. They had to pivot, you know, everyone, you know, had to sort of adapt. I'm I'm curious, how have all your lived experiences, both on and off the field, how did it, how did it prepare you to be able to navigate coming back here and starting this new journey, you know, in Kingston, you know, professionally and from, you know, following your passion to coach and inspire and mentor? Yeah, I mean, when I, when I was looking at, at kind of coming back home, it was one of those things where, you know, my family and, and wanting to be closer to them, my sister, I have two nephews that, that are hilarious that are three and one and a half, which are a ton of fun in my life. And always kind of keeping in touch with, with Tom Flaxman, our, our offensive coordinator. It was before I kind of went overseas. I, I can remember sitting in his office after I w- kind of went through the interview and I was like, you know, I have, I have a chance right now that I'm interviewing for, for teaching jobs and I have a chance to go to Tanzania. I have a chance to climb Kili. I have a chance to go on safari and 
you know, if, if that chance comes, I'm, I'm going to take it. And I can remember telling uh, the head coach and, and Tom at the time that I'm going to take it. And having played for coach Flaxman worked with him now, it's, he's like, you took the chance. It's the one you went with. And not a lot of people can say that they've climbed that mountain, even though however good, bad it was. Um, but for me, it's, it's taking those chances and taking those opportunities. So when I was coming back home, um, Barry kind of being originally home, it was like, well, let's, let's take a chance and let's go to Kingston. Let's see what it has to offer. Let's see what kind of new experiences I, I can have there. Um, and taking that leap of faith, taking that risk, whatever it might be, how does that change your life? How does that, make you a better person as opposed to going you know I could have went home to Barry and kind of went back with the norm of of what I'm familiar with but no let's I interviewed with coach Flaxman a, a while back so hey let's let's do it again I still have that that energy and that passion to to want to coach and you know the the love of of football and sports in general so hey let's let's take the chance what what do I have to lose kind of thing Mm. And it's interesting because it sounds like this idea of like risk taking, which is something that's inherent in all of us. And I would just encourage anyone to think of when you watch, you know, kids, I think of my own kids, watching them to learn how to go from, you know, laying down all the time to sitting Mm -hmm. up to crawling to walking, that they had to be willing to take risks. Because if they didn't, you know, if they didn't risk from sitting on their butt to standing up, they would have, they wouldn't be walking today. Right. And it's really interesting how the idea of risk-taking is so inherent in us, but as we get older, we're sort of programmed and conditioned to play it safe and comfortable. Like you said. Yeah. So I'm curious from your experience, has risk-taking been something that you've always done? Was there maybe a moment in your journey where you're like, no, like I, 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 I need to embrace risk taking to get the most out of life. Yeah, it, it's funny when I when I think back on it. There's there's some a lot of risk that I've taken that has turned out for the better for me. And I mean, I'll, I'll the risk of going to St. Mary's, being from Barrie, and you know, growing up going to Eastview. Well, everybody kind of stayed at home in Ontario, and for me, it was like let's take a risk. Let's go out East. Let's see what the East coast has to offer. And when I was playing um, St. Mary's had that traditional winning and I wanted to win Um, knowing that it was going to be a risk, knowing that I wasn't highly recruited or sought after. And it was like, Hey, let's put all our chips in and and let's go. Um, And I mean, fast forward to when I was traveling overseas, it was, I can remember being in Israel and, my friend who I was traveling with was kind of like, Hey, let's, let's go to Ramallah. Let's go to the capital of Palestine for the day. And we get on the bus and stick out like a sore thumb and we're going through the border. And I look at him. border between Israel and Palestine is not to be taken lightly, but you know, we, we kind of get there and I kind of look at him and he looks at me and I was like, I don't know if we made the right decision here. I don't know if this was the, 
I'm not sure how today's going to go, given what's around us. And got there, we met guy randomly on the streets, and it, it turned out to be one of my one of my favorite days of travel, kind of traveling around the Palestinian capital and learning, eating, understanding kind of that conflict in a nutshell. But it those moments are, you know, that ex- excited, scared feeling where, you know, maybe it's 90% excited, 10% scared. Oh, wait, no, maybe it's 10% excited, 90% scared. And you don't, you don't know how it's going to go. And he, that, that feeling is for me, it's, it's infectious. And it, it's something that I love and it, you know, having been bungee jumping and kind of doing some of the extreme stuff that I've done, it's like, well, okay, well, this is a risk. Know what it's going to be about. And then, you know, in, in my own brain, I kind of make up the the risk fun scale where it's like, well, if the risk is this high, well, okay, the fun's going to be this high as well. And and what are those risks that that I'm willing to take that maybe somebody else isn't? And then they ask me, well, why did you take that risk? Why did you try something like that when, you know, it, well, it could have went south. And I was like, yeah, you know, it, it could have went wrong, but it also could have worked out. And, you know, maybe it lands somewhere in the middle some days, but those big risks that you take that turn out for the better, you'll never get those those kind of chances back if if you play it safe, right? So mm-hmm. whether it was going to St. Mary's or then deciding to go to Acadia um, or going overseas or coming back and coaching, if I wouldn't have found out if not for taking that risk and trying it and giving everything I had when I was kind of in that moment. So mm-hmm. for me, it's take the risk because you never know how well it's going to turn out. So, and I love that. And why it resonates with me is just, you know, risk taking, like what's required for people to take a risk. It requires courage. Right. And, and I think back to all these times, like you said, like, of just do it right. You're encouraging people. You're, you're pouring your courage of risk take to take risks into other people. And it's interesting how, when people start to take courageous action in their life, and like you've mentioned, it's not all sunshines and rainbows and sunny days. Like there are moments where you're going to feel energized. You're going to feel enthused, but it's also going to scare the, you know, what out of you, but understand it's because you're going and you think back to the example you said, you know, going over to Israel, it's because you're literally going somewhere you've never gone before. Yeah. And that's like. I know there's, again, anyone that's taking a risk knows that there is something special and magical and beautiful about that. Well, and it it's interesting kind of how you put it. And, and some days I think you need the courage to take the risk, but do you get the courage before taking the risk or does it kind of come after you took the risk where you kind of build that courage threshold that, that we all have kind of up. And it's one mm-hmm. of those things that I, I've thought about some days and it's like, well, did I, did I have, maybe it was naive stupidity at some cases, but did I have the courage going in or was it more courage afterwards where I was like, oh, okay, I can't, can do this. So that it's one that I've often thought about where, 
you know what looking back it's easy to say well yeah that was the right decision but I don't know if I'd do it again some days as you know as as you get older and have some of those life experiences yeah no you bring up a great idea and love again life's all divine time and I was having yeah. this conversation with my chiropractor yesterday right and I think it's one of those what came first the chicken or the egg yeah and you know there's some moments where you're gonna feel courageous and it's easy to take that proverbial leap of faith but then there's other moments where you're not necessarily feeling it, but by taking courageous action, you're going to feel more empowered, right? So I think it's one of, it could be either or, right? Like the feeling yeah. of courage comes first, that which inspires you to take courageous action. But then by taking courageous action, you're going to feel like like a proverbial monster and superstar, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, for, for sure. It's, and that's, it's, it's funny, you know, you always go back to that. Well, what came first, chicken or the egg? And it's like, well... We're not really sure, and I don't know if we'll ever be sure, but it's always kind of fun to think about. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm curious. So as you have transitioned back to uh, living in Ontario, what has been for you like a moment in your coaching journey at Queens? Because one of the cool things, you know, being able to be there and be observing and being on that sidelines, like there's something special being created there. Like, I know part of that is like, you have an amazing group of strong and powerful leaders. Like there, it's just, there's something special about it. You also have like physical infrastructure being built. The environment is changing, right? You're getting, you know, even, you know, different student athletes come here. I'm curious, like what has been your moment where you're like okay this is where i belong at this stage of my journey oh i i mean timing is everything and having you know it's interesting kind of the dynamic of of our our coaching staff and with our players and i look at our coaching staff and you know coach coach snyder i played against him and flax played against him you know, Coach Snyder going to X, Flax at Acadia, and myself at SMU. There's kind of that dynamic there as well. And then for myself, having first three years playing linebacker, then making the transition to play fullback, H-back, you know, it was you kind of get to see the other side and get to know Flax. But for me, when I came into the, you know, the, the coaching office at Queens, it was – getting a chance to coach or talk to coach Beck Manis. And, you know, he kind of starts going through some of the terminology and I kind of sit there and I'm like, Oh, this kind of comes from, you know, this coaching tree. And he's like, yeah, I was like, okay. I played kind of in that, in a very similar system that we're in. And then also having played for coach Flaxman and, you know, you have all these strong personalities that kind of come into the office and, with our coaching staff, I think one of the biggest things is, well, there's, there's no egos and, you know, obviously there's a hierarchy that, that comes with coaching, but that ability to say, Hey, you need to let me know if, if you think there's a better way we can do this better say, it. if you think this say it, like, don't have that freedom to kind of speak your mind um, for us as coaches. And, and I think that transitions to how we coach with our players. And again, the, the success kind of speaks for itself with, with some of our guys, but it's, you know, 
guys come in, there's no egos. Everybody's going to be coached the same. Everybody's going to be on the same page. And for me, I think that one of the big moments that, that I've had throughout the coaching where I kind of knew this was a good idea was a couple weeks ago at East West when a number of us were there and I was able to kind of network and interact with other coaches. It was like, a massive, again, a great experience where I had no idea how that was going to go, but let's take the chance. Let's have some faith in myself, drop the ego. Let's, let's learn from whoever's around me. Let's ask questions. Let's pick people's brain, so to speak, and see what they think. Do they, do they teach a different technique than I teach and kind of pick their brain about, well, why do they teach that? What's, what's their method to their madness kind of thing versus what's a method to my madness when I'm coaching, teaching. And for me, that was kind of a big, big moment where it's like, this is, this is why I came back. This is why I want to do the things that I, I do. This is why I want to make a difference because it becomes kind of contagious. And I think when I look at our, our program that, how coach Schneider's kind of set it up that and all kind of the, you know, the phrases and the terms that we use to create that culture starts at the top and filters down through the bottom. And if there's things that need to be tweaked at the end of the year, Hey, let's look at them. Let's tweak them. Let's throw all the ideas against the wall and kind of see what sticks. And when I went to East West, it was, let's drop the ego. Let's learn learn from as many people as I can, because that's only going to make me a better coach. And that's one of those things where it's like, this is, this is why I came back. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm, I love that. And, you know, I heard a few things from, from you there. The one thing I've really come to appreciate, you know, of, of being able to observe, you know, that the Queens football family is, I love the attention to detail. Like I, I love how, when I look right at how, you know, simple things of how you're dressed on field, you know, how you go about business in terms of where players stand, where coaches stand, you know, just, just sort of that blue collar mentality, like let's keep it simple, simple, but these are what we're about. I love how you can tell there's no ego there because everything is we're one, you know, we're one heart, we're one team, we're one family. Let's go do our job. Like that's the one thing I've really, uh, come to admire about watching what you're helping to grow. The other thing I love how you talk about like that openness and that willingness to have an open mind and learn. I saw you East West, you know, there's a lot of coaches socializing in the stands in between you were down there watching the D line notebook out pen in hand writing. So, I mean, you, you were, you were preparing, you were making the most out of the experience. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, it's always one of those things where it's, well, if I'm going to do this, let's let's be all in. Let's let's go all in on it, right? And it kind of comes back to whether from being a player or teaching overseas. But you know, if we're going to do this, let's let's go all in on it. Let's let's not kind of do it halfway and then kind of how oh, well. And I think it's funny when I when I reflect on kind of my CFL experience, I don't I don't know that I was ready for that that jump. I don't know that I was ready. For mentally kind of at at that point in my life to make that jump up to that that level because it comes very 
very different level of football. And when I look back, I don't know that I was ready for it. And whether it was kind of mentally and, and I look back and I think I was just kind of happy to be there. And when I've reflected on that, it's, it's, well, don't just be happy to be there. Be, make the most of that opportunity, make, give it 110% because if you don't, well, then you're going to be the one looking in the mirror kind of, geez, you know, I wish I would have given a little bit more here. I wish I would have done this a little bit better. And for me, like I said, I think I was happy to be there, but it, I didn't take full advantage of that opportunity. And it, it was almost because I felt like I didn't deserve to be there at that time. And for me, that was one of the, again, you go back to big life-changing moments. And when I reflect on that one, it's, that was a big moment that I hope I can have again, whether it's coaching, whether it's traveling, whatever it is I'm doing, but I'm not going to hesitate. I'm going to go in full bore, see what happens. And again, hopefully at the end of it all, I the chips will fall where they are, but hopefully I, at least I'm not regretting, oh, I wish I could have, I wish this would have happened. I know I've given it all. I've no that I've laid it all out there. And if I'm good enough, great, let's keep going. And if I'm not, well, okay, well, we'll come back, we'll reevaluate and how will I change it if the opportunity kind of ever comes again? I love that because it's so simple. And as you were saying that, it reminded me of something, you know, Coach Haler would often say to us at Western is this idea of like, there's a lot of people that, spend their life saying coulda, woulda, shoulda, you know, and I just think back to the, the amount, how many people should themselves to death, how, how they should, they should all over themselves, where, like you said, it's like, if you just make that decision to burn the boats, to go all in on whatever you're doing, something great's going to happen. Yeah. And, and, you know, for, I love that you bring up those words, would, should, could, because it's, I hate those words. And and it's one of those things that frustrates me from times. Well, you know, I, I could have done this better. And it's like, well, okay, could have, let's learn from it. So we don't make that mistake again. Well, I should have done X, Y, and Z. And it's that kind of internal reflection that I think some days gets lost where it's like, Okay, next time I see this happen, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to respond. This is how I'm going to overcome that. And it's, and, you know, Coach Snyder does a great job of what's your 1% today. And as a coach, as a teacher, is that my 1%? So how, instead of using could, would, should, well, we should do this. Well, okay, let's do it. Don't kind of add in some of those words where it's like, well, you know, this this could be good. Well, make it good. Or mm. in, instead of kind of, again, well, we should do this, should do that. Okay, well, let's change it. Let's adapt. Let's overcome for the next day at whatever curveball's coming at us tomorrow. Mm. I love that. And, and it's interesting because as you share that, I just think back to, again, one of uh, Coach Snyder's great gifts is he's, simple right like there's no ambiguity in what he says right you either do it or you don't and it, and it's interesting it reminded me of uh the last few years i was coaching high school is this idea of you know our we go plus one so uh, I, again our challenge was 
to our coaches, to our players. What if a coach says, okay, run it to the 10, okay, run it to the 11, right? Go that extra yard because that extra yard, you know, rep after rep, session after session, practice after practice, just think of how much more conditioned and polished we'll be. So it's interesting how it's, again, it's not rocket science, how to be great. Yeah. And and absolutely. And I go back to when, um, oh, when Tuffy Knight was with us at East West, he's like, you know, football is a simple game and we, we often overcomplicate things and we make things way more complex than they need to be. And well, you run the ball well and you tackle well and good things will happen. And you got to work on those things. It's got to be kind of ingrained in that system. And it's like, well, okay, this happened today. Let's do it better tomorrow. And and that repetition and that, whether we talk about, you know, courage or ego or whatever the case is, it's a, okay, well, let's take that, learn from it. And how do we get better tomorrow? And then the next day, how are we going to get better after that? And I go back to the beginning of when, when you're kind of talking there and it's, you know, count, count your blessings. And and you mentioned that and it kind of, you know, thankful for this, thankful for everything that's, that's happening. And okay. So how do we, how do we make those better? How do we continue to build on that? How do we continue to surround ourselves with, with those people that, that are going to make us better and push us? Mm. So I'm curious, you know, you're someone who said, Hey, you know, let's, let's focus on the present, right? Like that sort of uh, that reset mentality, right? Like let's focus on the next play. Let's focus on our effort, our attitude on the next play. How do you think that that experience from your own playing experience, how do you think it's informed and how do you think it's made you a better coach today in terms of like, just as like, if you're going to do it, like go all in, like no regrets. I, I think some days it's, you know, uh, have, having played and, and come up through it and you see it afterwards and you kind of reflect back on your career, you see it as maybe a microcosm of, of your life. And, and part of it is, is, you know, don't, don't wait for it to come to you. And in some cases, you know, again, it kind of everything we've been talking about here, it's that, having that that drive and being able to kind of look back and okay hey we got to reset not going the way we planned things aren't going sky's falling whatever it might be Kate let's take a minute reset and for our guys I always tell them you kind of got to have that that goldfish mentality where you know we're staring at the glass we hit our head off the glass and then we forget and we kind of do it again right so how how do I change that how what's the game within the game kind of thing. And some of the stuff that I coach or teach, it's again, whether it's a game of life, whether it's a game of football, it's okay, let's reset, take a step back. We got knocked down. We got kicked in the teeth. What's the next step forward? Okay. Well, pick myself up, dust myself off. Okay. Well, that didn't quite go the way we planned the way we thought. Okay. Well, let's reset and let's go. And when you keep all those things simple and and you come back to kind of the root problem or root of why something happened, it's okay. Well, let's try it again. And for me at university, people, 
I geography major with a minor in history and religious studies, which again, football coach, nobody's thinking of, but I can remember taking a Buddhism class in my third year. And that was always kind of when we would sit down and meditate and uh, the, the prof who taught it, who spent a ton of years overseas living kind of all over Asia, he was always like, you know, well, why did that happen? And constantly kind of go back to why things happen. And you bring up kind of the reps and doing it again. And, you know, it's the, the old adage of, well, practice makes perfect. And I, and I, again, one of those things that I've come to, I don't like that saying anymore. It's like, well, practice makes improvements. Cause every time we practice something, we get a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And it kind of goes back to that same thing. Well, okay, what are what are the main skills that we're we're trying to teach to our guys? What are the main skills that I'm trying to teach in the classroom? Well, we got to come back to that and we got to rep it again and again and again. Because if I do it a hundred times, if I do it a thousand times, it'll it should be better each time. And it, it goes back to kind of Edison and you know, well. You tried over a thousand different times to to make a light bulb and you know einstein's definition of insanity is doing the same thing over expecting different results and edison kind of was like well you know i i learned how to not build the light bulb 999 times but it only takes once to get it right and then you replicate it you keep building you keep building keep moving forward and and it Okay, well, then that becomes a habit because I know exactly how I'm doing it, done it right. I know what the expectations are, and we go on because we've done it right that time. So I I can replicate it again and again until I get to that, you know, top mark in the class or till I get to that all-Canadian status, till I get to the CFL, right? And for me, that's always kind of been it. It's I always go back to that Buddhism class where it's like, okay, well, why is this happening? Why is this happening? You kind of get to the root of that problem by asking that why, and you'll get the answer at, at some point, depending on how far you go back. And for me, it's, it's well, let's ask those questions. Mm -hmm. And as a coach, if I, if I can't explain the method to the madness kind of behind what I'm coaching or teaching, well, why are we doing it? what, if we're not all in on that technique, if we're not all in on that one thing, well, let's change it. Let's adapt. Let's, again, figure out the why behind it so that we can move forward with something that's going to be better. I love it. And and again, you can see that that background as an educator, right? Like the like the power of why. And it's so interesting because, you know, earlier we were talking about this idea of like it's easy to continue to do what's safe and comfortable. Right. It just it is. It's a programming. It's a conditioning. And I was uh, talking with another high quality coach this week. And I said, I'm a firm believer of the Admiral Grace Hopper quote that the most dangerous phrase in the human language is, oh, well, that's the way it's always been done. And it's interesting that when you sort of like prompt yourself and challenge yourself to actually stop and think, you know, yeah, why, why are we doing this? Like that that curiosity sometimes or often just opens up your mind to new possibilities, new ways of doing things. And you start to experience things that and possibilities that you didn't even know was possible. Absolutely. And when I, when I look back at kind of my travels and having lived in Tanzania for six years and Kazakhstan for, 
for two, it was always, well, I'm going to ask a question. And, you know, some days I think it, it comes from, from my parents, but it's like, well, let's ask a question of why, like, um, I can remember, um, my gardener, the guy who kind of looked after the compound that I lived on, I asked him, I would ask him the most random questions and it would always be, okay, that's, you know, it's completely different to, to home, to where I come from, but I want to try and understand the thought process and understand the, the rationale to why this happens in Tanzania and why, you know, again, crazy stories that I have from overseas, but um, TV of mine was stolen one day and got, got stolen. It was, it was Christmas Eve, actually. Somebody broke in, stole the TV. They went out and one of my good friends who's born and raised in Tanzania was, he's like, Hey, well, you know, we go to the Belows. And I'm like, okay, well, who's the Belows and why do we go to him? And the, the Belows is essentially the head of 10 families who kind of acts as like the alderman within the community. And so we go to him, he gets him on the phone and, you know, all of a sudden there's kind of 10, 10 guys out there and they're one of his dad was there with us. And, and he, he, him being a member of the community, well, he's involved now and everybody's involved. And you kind of, again, you keep asking, well, okay, how are we going to get the TV back? What? And okay, well, we're going to do this. And instantly everybody just fans out to protect kind of the community. And again, we go back to that, the sense of, of team, right. And life being a team sport, but it's, well, we're all working together on this because we're all geographically, we all live in the same area, but we help each other. doesn't matter what it is. doesn't matter what we do. We help each other. So your TV got stolen. I might not have a TV. I might not have this, but I know that when something happens to me, that you're going to have my back. And it's, it's those kinds of things that always resonate with me of like, well, if I don't ask my buddy who who grew up there, who, who's Tanzanian, who, if I don't ask the question, well, I'm never going to get the answer. So let's, let's not be shy or scared of asking the why behind that question. Because if I don't, I could have just, you know, been silent and not asked. But if if I ask, well, maybe I'll get an answer that I'm comfortable with. Maybe it'll be a completely different answer. Maybe it'll be something I've never even kind of heard of before. And asking those questions is always, for me, it's always important. And again, what? why are we asking our guys to do this? Why? When I'm teaching, am I asking my students to do this? Well, this is again the method of the madness. Are there certain some things that we've always done that you know maybe we need to change? Absolutely. So let's again get back to the asking that why. Because if I don't ask, well, I'm never going to know the answer. So ask it and see where it goes. Hmm. I love that, and I love that story you shared because mm. I, I you just. You described it really well, and I had this picture. Like you, you created this vision. I'm like, I could see it. Like so again, it, it goes to show your background education, the ability to paint pictures with words. Um, but you said something really interesting in the fact of just, and I I had a great coach and and business coach that would often say this idea of 
the quality of your questions will determine your quality of life. And I know that's sort of a paraphrase of, of a Tony Robbins quote, but it's really interesting, right? Like you said, when you ask high quality, why questions, your mind just becomes so open to possibilities. And you even think back to like, if you weren't willing to ask that high quality question to ask for help, right? You would have never been able to access the power of the team in your community, right? And it's just, it's interesting how, again, the quality of our questions that we're willing to ask ourselves will determine our overall quality of life. Yeah. And I, and I think it goes back to, again, being able to drop the ego and and kind of being like, even if it is just a simple, I, I don't understand, I don't quite get this. What's, explain it to me, like, just please explain because I'm genuinely interested in this. And again, maybe it's courage or maybe I'm just naive some days, but it's like, well, if I don't ask the question, I'm never going to get the answer. So if I'm not willing to ask the question, well, I'm not taking anything kind of away from that experience and talk about, you know, keeping things simple on the field. And it's some days that simple question, and obviously it can expand and build and, and go from there. But well, if you're not willing to put that question out there into the world, well, it's never going to get answered. And if, if we're shy, if we're, if we're, you know, maybe that question, maybe it's not appropriate, maybe, but okay. Again, you go back to the why and it's like, okay, how do I phrase it differently? So that it is appropriate. Or if it's own your own kind of genuine curiosity, it's we'll ask. And you and I have kind of chatted about this. It, again, it goes back to what we were talking about being comfortable in your own skin and being curious about people, being curious about, um, you know, what, whatever it is we're coaching or doing. And it was for the first time I ever met, uh, coach Ose Kwame. It was, um, it was interesting. And, and I still remember the look he kind of gave me and we were, we were out having wings at a place in Kingston. And I, I was like, Oh, Kwame, like Ghanaian. And he kind of looks at me and he's like, how'd you know that? Like, I was like, oh, well, you look, and this is me being a history geography geek. I was like, well, if, you know, Ghana gained its independence first and first president, Kwame Nakraman. And, you know, kind of, I kind of go into the story and he's like, you and I are going to chat. You and I are going to have a talk. And I was like, absolutely, Kwame, any, anytime. He's like, you're, you're, I don't know who you are, but there's something here. And it's ask those questions and, you know, don't, don't be scared to, I always kind of call it geek out about certain things. And for me, it's, you know, history, geography, football, maps, religion, like whatever. And you ask those questions because what, and some days it might not come off genuine, but for me, it, it is a genuine question because I, you know, love learning where people come from, what their story is. How did they, how did they end up here? How did I end up here? And then, you know, it kind of takes you back into your own story. So it's, um, can't be shy. And, you know, it goes back to having the courage to to ask or take the risk to ask. Mm, I love that. <laughs> and again, such it's so simple. Uh, I want to be respectful of your time and energy, brother. So I'm curious uh, if anyone 
you know, is been really intrigued by this story, you know, maybe they just like to learn more about you and your lived experience, or maybe they're curious about, you know, maybe Queen's Queen Gales football is the next event part of their adventure. You know, what is the best way that, you know, people can learn more, you know, and just, you know, follow along in the journey? Um, I mean, Instagram, I've become uh, more involved. So it's at RBR Anderson. Um, I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for, but, um, you know, I, for me, I'm, I'm always intrigued and I'm always willing to talk and, you know, some de- days it drives people nuts, but if there are any questions, I'll, I'll you know, I give you all my contact deal details to put it out there in the world and whether it's Queens football, whether it's life, whether it's whatever, um, I'm open for it. So I have no issues kind of giving that info to UJT and go from there and see where it leads. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And and I'll be uh, happy to share all of those uh, handles in the description, either on the podcast or on Facebook or, or on YouTube. Um, so brother, I, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you. Uh, I want to acknowledge you for the great man you are, you know, the great partner you are, the great teacher, coach, mentor, but more importantly, the amazing human being you are. The one thing I've really taken away from this conversation is just your curiosity, like just how you, you know, keep that open mind. You love to ask questions, you know, to be curious, to, you know, find out why, you know, again, to figure out what makes people tick, what makes, puts that fire in their belly. And, and again, it's a simple reminder to me that that's one of the most simplest and most effective ways to build true and real connection with another human being. So thank you for that, brother. No, thank you, JT. Thanks for having me. And, and you know, thank you for for the work that you continue to do. And thank you for, you know, whether it's Team Ontario football or hanging out with with us at Queens or all the all the work you do, you, you can see it and and it's awesome. And I appreciate the opportunity to come on here. And like I said, I'd love to do it anytime. Don't be shy. And I know we'll, we'll see you around soon at some point. Absolutely, brother. So thank you. Uh, I'm going to just take a moment to receive that. So folks, Coach Anderson dropped so many valuable nuggets of wisdom uh, that will not only help you succeed in sport, but more importantly, in the game of life. But as I like to remind you every week in the huddle, knowledge is potential power. It's a consistent and focused application of great knowledge that actually creates great results. So my challenge to you is to take one of these valuable nuggets of wisdom and go apply it to your life today. And as I like to remind you every week in the huddle, you are deserving of greatness. You are worthy of greatness. You are greatness. And my only ask from these conversations, if it resonated with you, if it touched your heart, then please share it with a friend, a loved one, a teammate, or just someone you feel that would benefit from listening to these simple, positive, inspiring, and empowering ideas. The more people we have listening, understanding, and applying these simple principles to their life, the more blessed this world would be. As always, I love having these conversations, and I look forward to chatting with you next time in the huddle.